Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Grow a Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Catherine Ho, an artist and coach in training based just outside of Dundee in Scotland. In art school, Catherine developed serious mental health problems and by the time she graduated was completely disillusioned with creativity in general and took a marketing and operations job. However, a few years later she found the urge to paint again and is now driven to help other creatives on their journeys through coaching. In this episode, we talk about balancing the very different income streams that Catherine has across all of the channels, thinking about who the customer is for her different offerings, and building the brand around herself. So, let's dive in. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. So, I guess we'll get really straight into it, because I know that your story and kind of what's going on is one that's really going to resonate with people and there's likely to be a lot of people in the same position as you so yeah tell us about your kind of story so far how you've kind of got to the place that you're at now okay um so my story is hopefully not too rambling Mm -hmm. but maybe people will again maybe that'll resonate with some people i would describe myself certainly in the last well few years as potentially a frustrated creative Mm -hmm. who didn't maybe know it In terms of my personal story, because it really does inform why I'm doing what I want to do at the moment, I basically went through school very much with the kind of sense of self-worth that was attached to my performance and my academic achievement. Mm. I was one of those annoying people that like got straight A's and could do anything. So I could do maths, I could do English, I could Mm -hmm. do science, I could do art, I, I could do anything. And that makes it, I know, I don't want to say woe is me, but it was very difficult for me to then go, what do I want to do with mm. the rest of my life? Hmm, there's no particular thing that's calling out to me. Although, actually, I must say, when I look back at it now, I could, I can now see times when I was trying to express myself creatively, and that wasn't always received by my peers. And I think I kind of learned that maybe that wasn't a safe place for me. So I essentially, I think I would try to go down quite a safe route. Um, and I was thinking about maybe, I don't know, doing science or something. And on a kind of whim, I decided that actually I would enroll in art college at university. And I thought, okay, well, you know what? I It was something that appealed to me, I think, was the idea of I could control that. Whereas I had this impression that, say, for example, a scientist, they spend like five years working on mm. one problem and they might never even be able to solve it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, for example, they work in a lab and they get told what to do. And essentially, then they spend five years being told what to do and not really having much, I think, um, control over their own destiny. So I essentially worked my way into university and that was all great. And then I say, would say maybe in the first two weeks, I realized, oh, I've I've been working my way like through life going, okay, that's the goal. Mm. You get to university, isn't it? Yeah, that's mm. like and then you get a job and then everything's planned out for you and you just have this idea in your head that's going to work out. 
And the problem with art school is that actually that's not how it happens. They don't they don't tell you anything. <laughs> and my sense of self worth was attached to here are the rules. Mm. I work out the rules. I follow the rules. I perform. I have my self worth validated essentially. Mm-hmm. And at art college, essentially, they say, right, you get on with it. And then we'll question everything that you do. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, my sense of identity crumbled because I suddenly didn't have anything to latch on to. And it, it was, to be honest, it was, I was very angry. I didn't realize I was feeling a lot of shame about myself. I didn't realize that I had put all that self-worth into something that wasn't actually grounded in who I was it was grounded into something else some mm. extra, external validation and I essentially tried to control that so the natural thing was to basically try and be really controlling so and try and control what I, I could control so I developed an eating disorder I um, had panic attacks I was very anxious and unsurprisingly when that didn't work mm-hmm. I then developed depression and I essentially lost all sense of my self-worth. I believed that I wasn't worthy of love. I believed that I wasn't worthy of acceptance. I didn't belong. And I've always kind of had a hard time maybe fitting in with people anyway, but this particular just rammed it home for me. And essentially, my mental health got so bad that I was asked to leave my course. Gosh. I was very disruptive. I, I can't blame them for asking me to leave. <laughs> but it, it was the thing that I needed, to be honest, to then be like, oh, think I might need professional help and it took me a few years to kind of work my way to a level where I could actually come back to university and complete my course and I'd like to say that after that everything was dandy and (laughs) I discovered who I was and I just soared ahead and I was a brilliant creative and an artist I knew exactly what I wanted to do but it didn't work out like that it's the course was still very much a, so what are you doing? Why are you mm-hmm. doing this? I'm not, we're not going to give you any answers, but we're going to grade you on your performance anyway, which I found quite difficult to deal with. But thankfully, I now had some techniques to kind of quell my anxieties. So at least I could get through that. And yeah, needless to say, I left my course, I, I graduated and I was quite disillusioned with the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I thought maybe I just wasn't creative. Maybe that wasn't for me. And for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just not very good at that, which was quite hard to take. And I eventually got a job with the company that I work for now. And I've been working with them for about six years. Um, It's a small creative agency. At the moment, there's about six of us. So it's a very small tight-knit company and it's really lovely actually is they're a great bunch of people to work with and I'm basically the operations manager which is a very grand title for saying that I do a bit of everything so I do like project management Um, we make websites for example I also do the dreaded SEO AdWords management account management marketing even Facebook ads like you know I'm I'm basically involved in everything in, in be involved in this kind of what you'd expect from a small agency and I also help run a business which I love I, I love we because I work with software developers we get to actually develop our own internal systems for running a business mm. which to me is like the most one of the most exciting things ever <laughs> so I've been doing that for six years and about two or three years ago I started to notice that the symptoms of my own I think I was just regressing I think some, something was missing. As much as I love my job, something was missing mm. from it. And I 
noticed that I was starting to develop bad behaviors again in terms of just beating myself up a bit, becoming very anxious to the point where I was like, right, I need to do something about this. I ended up going to more therapy and that worked for a bit, but it didn't really get to the root of the problem. and I didn't know what the problem was. So I eventually actually stumbled upon The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Mm. And I'm, I'm guessing quite a lot of people listening will be familiar with it. But <laughs> yes. for, for those who aren't, essentially, the main point, well, the main part that I took was the morning pages exercises, which is like a 12-week time where you have to fill out three A4 pages every morning. <laughs> and it's, it's something that you just basically you just end up writing. It doesn't matter what you write, you're writing. And essentially, to me, it's about the importance is that you're getting half an hour to be with your own thoughts and you're kind of you have that it's that discipline of spending time with your own thoughts for half an hour which is something that I I don't always do even though I'm actually very introverted I love spending time with with myself it's not something where you're just having that time to focus on who you you are and what Mm. you want and yeah it didn't take me very long to realize that actually I wanted to paint again and I wanted to be creative and that was what was missing so I was like Okay, fair enough. Um, I started painting, very, very bad paintings, but it was fine. Um, I started posting on Instagram and that kind of snowballed like really gradually, like, you know, really, really gradually. I kind of got more in touch with my creative side again. I started writing and I realized, oh, actually, this is this is a fundamental part of who I am. I've just repressed it for about a decade or so. Mm. And yeah, that has actually been this kind of second therapy to me that has really under like underlined for me who I am and made me so much more confident in myself and who I am. And I would say one thing that painting, certainly, particularly if you're not very good, if you're very rusty at it, it teaches you about letting go and letting go of this need to control things because you can't control the way the paint goes sometimes. Mm. I'm actually deliberately very loose with my painting because it forces me in a way to let go and just allow the things to be the way that they are. And you can create beautiful things and you don't, you're just guiding it rather and almost letting it happen rather than keeping this tight grip on everything. Mm. And that has really helped me understand what it means to accept yourself and accept who you are and accept how things are in this moment. And it's essentially gotten me to this place where I'm now at a stage where I feel that I can do more. And it's for the first time in my life, I'm actually thinking, right, how do I keep growing? Because the last thing I want is to just remain as I am and kind of fall back into bad habits. And I've recently decided that I don't want to, I don't want to do art full time, although I do want to be selling my work and sharing that with the world. I want to be adding something else in, into this. And so to me, the logical conclusion, I think, is to combine something where my, my key interests are personal development um, and also running a business and also the creative aspect. And so at the moment, I'm looking into coaching other creative business owners because it's something that I know now has a lot of value. It's something that I I have a lot of actually creative friends who have their own businesses and some and I'm, you know, wanting to help them with their running of their businesses, but also the bit 
that the human behind the business is the bit that's really interesting to me. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I am now. I'm basically starting, actually starting a coaching course this mm -hmm. year. It's running for about six or seven months. And I get a qualification at the end of that. And I need to do lots of coaching as part mm -hmm. of my qualifications. And I'm just basically, to be honest, seeing where it goes. I want to, I want to do coaching, but I'm not going to be like, well, this, I must hang my hat on this and this is what I'm going to be for the rest of my life. I just want to, I'm very much a kind of happy to figure it out stage mm. at the moment. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, and I love how you came back around to painting because this is something that has come up with clients with me as well, is that a lot of the time we think it's the thing that's the problem, but actually it's the environment in which we're doing the thing that we don't like. And this always happens in lots of different situations is that you end up circling back around to the thing, but just finding it in a way that is more enjoyable and better suited to our own personal ways of working. So yeah, I thought that was really, really nice. I'm really glad that you've rediscovered it again as well. And so just to kind of clarify, the reason that you don't want the art to be the full-time business is that more because you don't want to transform the art into work or where's that kind of coming from? That's a very good question. I think at the moment, I don't want to put all that pressure on it. The last thing I want to do is stifle that and kind of worry that I need to make all this money mm. from my art career that, to be honest, is only if, like a few years old. I would love to say in a decade or so be able to sell my work in galleries for example but I know that I'm not there yet and I'm happy to give it the time and the space that it needs to breathe and, and develop mm -hmm. in that sense yeah so I, I, I'm always going to see it as part of my income stream mm -hmm. and maybe who knows full time you know it, it might be my full income stream like income stream sorry but that's a, a long way in the future mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so yeah, I guess that's kind of your main challenge at the moment is that you're right at the beginning of lots of different threads and then to start off on the right foot by pulling them all together rather than chase down very different rabbit holes and then be like, oh, they don't join up at the end. <laughs> I am very keen for them all to join up together. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's probably the first thing to do then is to really clarify the business model and really that's just the ways in which you make money. So all those different income streams and where each one sits in terms of which is going to be the primary one, which is the secondary one, what are the ones that just feed in little happy extras underneath. So what are you thinking about that? in terms of right now this minute but also in six months time when you finish your coaching course at the moment I am not charging for any coaching so mm -hmm. at the very minute any income that I don't make obviously from my actual job um, would be through my artwork mm -hmm. six months down the line I would hope to flip that so I very much see my coaching being the majority of my income, say, in the next few years. And in terms of how I deliver that, at the moment, I just want to do one-to-one. -one. I don't see myself in any time soon offering courses or, or anything like that. I just want to focus very much on creating a safe space for someone to explore 
theirs and themselves and, and their business. And I'm that's if I'm being honest, that's the format that I I really like and I, I'm maybe comfortable with. And the place that I feel that I would be best able to offer value for mm-hmm. people. Yeah, and I think that works because you're doing more coachy coaching, by mm. which I mean that somebody like me, and I always kind of clarify to people, is that it's much more like mentoring yeah. and a lot more educational yeah. than it is as you're talking about kind of holding that space for people. And that is very difficult to replicate when you're not literally working one-to-one exactly. with people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but also that working one-to-one it helps you to gain more knowledge of how, like how on earth would you write a course right now when you've got absolutely no idea what the common problems are going to be. So yeah, that's that sounds smart to me and that the artwork's still there, but probably the artwork is maintaining the level it's currently got, but then it just gets overtaken by coaching. And it's the plan to Oh, maybe this is a secret and we should whisper it. Is the plan to eventually cut down your hours and leave your job or are you going to be doing this on your Fridays? So at the moment, I'm doing this on my Fridays and my Saturdays and my Sundays. (laughs) I I must say I am very fortunate to work for the company that I work for and I have always been very open and honest that I am not going to be with them for the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. And they have always from day one said that they would support me in anything that I want to do and go ahead with. So I don't think that they want me to leave just yet, but... I would see it on the cards in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put any deadline on that. Yeah. It's nice that you've got that option and that it's not a big secret that you're kind of squirreling away on the, on your weekends and things and that there's a a pathway there that you can definitely see. But I, I was just I was just wanted to clarify because actually for for everybody it's not the case that they want to leave no. their job. They want to have something on the side. So I don't want to assume that everybody's desperate to get out of their day job. I know I, I'm certainly not not desperate at the moment. Mm. Um, as I say, I just want to kind of see what happens. And as I say, I mean it it gives me I, I'm very fortunate that if this doesn't go anywhere, well. I still love my job so yeah yeah so in terms of marketing and building a profile and all that sort of thing what have you done so far with regards to both the artwork and the coaching so at the moment pretty much all of my marketing is on Instagram I'm not a social media butterfly and I would much rather focus on one medium. I do have a website, obviously, and I am slowly putting content on my website. So at the moment, my website has paintings, and like a gallery. It has a shop where people can actually purchase paintings, and it also has a blog. But at the moment, because of the because of the situation that I'm in at the moment, I feel that I'm at a block with my website in terms of what direction I take that in. With my Instagram, I actually find that a lot easier to almost I kind of rotate the subjects of the mm-hmm. posts that I'm doing. So if anyone looks on my Instagram, they'll see a lot of pictures well, they'll see a lot of artwork and they'll see a lot of landscapes and they'll see me. Mm-hmm. And those are my kind of three, it's just what I'm interested in. And um, some of my posts are very much about my general philosophy, I suppose, and a brand mm-hmm. approach to life. And then some of them are very much, here's some artwork mm-hmm. <laughs> that I made. 
Well, and I guess with Instagram as well, it, it, there's an impermanence to it that makes it easier in a lot of ways to to mix things up. Whereas when it's a website, it feels like it should be very official and have all the right things in the right places. And and yeah, and I guess maybe because I help design websites for a living, I'm very much thinking how the, how are they landing on that website? What page are they landing at? Are, am I going to potentially confuse people? That's my mm. <laughs> that's my concern slightly with the website. But mm. well, I think then let's kind of think about so in terms of the artwork and stuff, it's just been Instagram and sharing the artwork, and that's kind of helped people go and buy it <laughs> essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, as I say, I, I don't have like loads and loads of people queuing up to buy yeah. my work. It's a very, it's a slow, it's a, a slow thing, which is fine because I'm not a very prolific artist, um, particularly as I paint at weekends. So it's, it's actually at the moment, I've got interest and I've got some people buying it and I'm very happy with that level. I might at some point, I suppose, in terms of marketing stream, eventually approach galleries, but I want to, I think, build up a bigger body of work. And I think I want to be a bit more established before I start flogging my entire portfolio to galleries. I guess in a lot of ways then in, on the Instagram, you're already marketing the service. Yes, except that I haven't told anyone that I'm going to be coaching, <laughs> but I am very... I. I am going to be doing that. I have, I suppose, because I, I listen to your podcast, obviously. Which is um, good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about, as you say, it's not always flogging exactly what you're selling. It's mm. kind of getting people into the mindset of why thinking in a certain way can be valuable or helpful. Mm. Well, you're very much in a kind of what you might call a pre-launch phase at the moment, where it's you know it's coming not everybody else knows that it's coming but you can start to feed in the types of content that is gonna get people in the right mindset that when you do announce it it's not a massive surprise the massive like, shock where did <laughs> yeah, that come from exactly and I think where that's worked for your Instagram is that you are talking about your general life philosophies and also sharing parts of yourself a lot more because that's really kind of one of the main differences between product and service marketing is that obviously it helps when people are buying a product if they kind of like you but with when they're buying a service from you or, or a coaching package from you a big part of what they're buying is you and they have to be able to think this is somebody who I could speak to for three to six months every two weeks. And so to be introducing those kind of broader things and really demonstrating how you think is a big part with that, that people have to really buy into how you think and how you engage with others in order for them to start to think, oh yeah, this is somebody who who can help me. So it's that's what's kind of happening pretty naturally, it sounds like actually on the Instagram but then the block is coming with translating that over to the website and mailing lists. Well, yeah, that's that's the crunch bit, isn't it? Because it's like they're on your website. They're probably slightly more interested in what yeah. you actually have to offer. Mm -hmm. And that's the point where I've, I've got, hmm. I mean, I have no doubt that there are some people that would maybe potentially interested in both and it's mm. like well if, if that's a big enough audience maybe that's all I need to go for but I'm also just not entirely sure about as I, I for example you mentioned mailing list at the moment 
I've got this quite convoluted way of essentially saying, hey, sign up for my mailing list. Are you interested in the entire story or do you just want art? Mm. <laughs> and to be honest, maybe I should have three options. Do you want both? Do you want coaching services and kind of general philosophy um, stuff? I send out like a monthly letter. It's not about coaching. It's more just about a kind of monthly pep talk and then mm -hmm. a letter of encouragement. And then do you just want emails when I've got something new online and, and you want to buy it? And I don't, I, I mean, I want to make this as simple as possible and as frictionless as possible yeah. for people. But you're already asking them to make this choice. And maybe some people aren't necessarily not sh you know unsure at that point I don't know mm. yeah that's what I was thinking as you were talking is that when you get into list upon list upon list it's it gets very convoluted and confusing for you it gets very confusing for people on the other side who all they want to do is sign up to a mailing list and suddenly they've got to make five different <laughs> decisions so I guess if we take it a step back have you done much thinking around who your target audience and customer is for both the artwork and the coaching mm. define how much thought like how, <laughs> how how much is like, it's all relative isn't it I was going to take your best advice in terms of I suppose I'm starting with people who are me or people who are maybe just behind me or people who are just ahead of me actually in terms of their own creative businesses I I certainly see it as in terms of the coaching anyway, mm. creative business owners or people who are thinking and wanting to tie everything together or have maybe, say, a block in particular with something that they're just not sure how to work through. And I know that that's how I can help them. Mm. I know that there are people who are like that who will also then be interested in a beautiful painting. Mm. <laughs> but in, with, with painting in particular, your audience could be so wide like, for example, my mother, you know, my mother and her friends, they could be buying my paintings. But at the moment, they're not on Instagram. So mm -hmm. I've, I've almost deliberately kept that a very small audience as, a, as opposed to being like, well, I could go into galleries, I could go on Facebook. Um, the audience is really different there. But I've, I've naturally gone and shrunk that, I suppose, because to be honest, I don't have the headspace to, to deal with reaching out to all those channels simultaneously I would much rather focus on doing one thing and thinking as like if I'm thinking of a Venn diagram I see Instagram at the moment as that kind of place where I can capture the people that are overlapping mm. it is tricky with the artwork because it's so much harder to pin down who needs this painting so maybe it's thinking about it actually that coaching audience is the one that you can get more specific about and so what's their relationship to the artwork like if if somebody was to get in touch with you for coaching but they hated your artwork and they hated anything to do with painting and they hate landscapes would that be somebody who you'd kind of hate working with <laughs> I can't it's, I'm finding it's quite difficult to imagine. No, I mm. think it, for someone to have that visceral reaction <laughs> against a painting, it would be really interesting, actually. I would be like, I'd want to ask them, why, you know, what's motivated you for this hatred? But no, that it certainly wouldn't put me off. It, it wouldn't bother me. Like, I, I wouldn't be offended at all. I, I must say, I've never really had that reaction, but I suppose that's very self-selecting. Who's going to get in touch yeah. with you and tell you that they hate your work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess you're kind of lucky that you haven't had that. <laughs> so I suppose it's kind of like, can you draw a very straight line between the two? 
that this is artwork and it's separate and this is coaching and it's separate or is it important that for the people that you're working with they are artistic in that way too and and kind of appreciate that area or is it unnecessary for those two to cross over that's a good question I'm not basing this on any sort of data, although actually I do have I do actually currently have two segments to my mailing list, and they're a lot more on the peop a lot more on the people who want to hear about the entire story rather than mm. just art. But I haven't done it the other way around. I haven't gone who's interested in coaching but not art. Mm. I guess that probably reflects my natural biases as a kind of I would have thought that if I'm targeting creative business owners, that while they definitely don't need to like my paintings, Mm -hmm. it would be more about just respecting that creative output. But you're right, maybe I don't want to ram it down their throats that there's some art that isn't, you know, maybe they're like, I don't give it, I don't care about about what you're, you know, about what you're painting. Just give me the the kind of general philosophies and personal insights, please, and the business act coaching. Yeah, no, it's just interesting. And there's no right or wrong answer when you've got two quite different streams that you're trying to bring together. And and especially when one is quite personal in a way in terms of the artwork that it's a personal choice of whether people are going to like it or not, that to work out what's important to you with the people that you want to work with on both sides of those income streams is a good first step. Because if you're saying, well, actually, people don't have to appreciate the artwork in order to work with me, somebody else might be like, that's going to, what my my art practice is going to completely inform what I do on the coaching side. So if they're not interested in that, then I can't work with them. Then they're two quite different perspectives then that are going to lead you down a different road in terms of how you're marketing them. But if it sounds like for you that it doesn't matter too much either way what you've got then is about your personal brand and particularly if you've got people who are currently signed up to hear a bit of everything that's a good sign that that's kind of where you're probably being led at the moment and that if you actually have it that the the center of the business the umbrella of the business is you as a personal brand and what you believe as a human in the world that's the thing that people are going to buy into. They'll either buy into it in terms of buying your art or they'll buy into it in terms of buying your coaching or they'll buy into it by doing both or anything else that you have in the future as well. So having you as at the centre rather than anything else, that does make it a lot easier. But how do you feel about that? That seems fine. I mean, in terms of that's probably the subject that I know the most about, (laughs) you'd hope. So it doesn't scare me. It's interesting and I I think to be honest that's what I've naturally I think I've been doing that a bit more in my Instagram anyway Mm -hmm. becoming a bit more um, it's a very going off a tangent I suppose but it's a very at the moment I'm worrying how much should of myself should I be sharing I'm quite aware that I don't want to be too intense (laughs) and and, and personal about stuff Um, but no I I, actually it's really enjoyable working that out to be honest just figuring it out and admitting you know what you don't necessarily always have to know what you're doing but if it's yourself and your it's your personal brand and you're human well you can't really go wrong as long Mm -hmm. as you're honest (laughs) then it's actually quite comforting and reassuring that that's what you have to focus on and be intentional with yeah yeah absolutely it is in it some people kind of bulk at the idea of being in the middle of it all and and 
don't want to kind of show up like that, which, which is fine. But it does make it a lot easier <laughs> if you are happy to be more placed at the middle, because as you say, it's like, well, anything that I say is going to be true and authentic because it's about me and I know myself. And as you say, with Instagram, kind of treading the line between working out what does and doesn't work and how far you can push it and things like that. But also, I think that's a really good place for your mailing list Mm. to be I think if there's anything that you're sort of is this too much for Instagram it might be something to put on the mailing list because if you're thinking about the flow of people into the business Instagram is quite an acquisitional platform Mm. it's where people are going to be finding you they kind of stick around there but it's less intentional than having come to your website read a couple of blogs signed up to the list and invited you into that inbox, which is quite a personal, sacred space anyway. And so by the time you get to the people on your mailing list, they're the ones that you know are really interested in you, really want to hear this stuff. They want something, they signed up because it's almost like going through a paywall signing up. Mm. You're giving your email address as payment for something in return. So they want something that's kind of a little bit more than they would be able to get on the blog or the Instagram. So I always think if that you are happy to give those more personal stories and stuff, the mailing list is a really nice place to put that because it's a safe place. It's pretty private. It's not going to be shared or taken or anything else like that. And the people who are there are the ones who they want that extra insight. So let's think a little bit about your website and then kind of how to communicate this. <laughs> okay. So in terms of your blog, what kind of things are you blogging about? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so it's really interesting. I don't really blog that much. About, I, I, it's not very much like a how-to, I guess, because why would I, like, where, who would I be to say, this is how you paint? <laughs> so it's much more about my own, what I've learned from the creative process it is already, I suppose, maybe a bit more, it's more about here's my experience and here's what I've learned. So I had a blog post about how I learned to enjoy free time because I used to quite find myself quite panicky if mm-hmm. I ha- found myself an ex- expanse of free time. And it was just my going through my own personal approach to what I learned from that. My latest blog post was actually a copy of my newsletter because I thought, you know what, people who aren't signed up, maybe they want to get mm-hmm. a taste a taste of what actually is on the uh, newsletter. And it is very much, it's stuff that I want to say to people, like say to my friends or say to potential clients that I know can resonate with other people. So it's about a general, just a reminder of how amazing people are and how wonderful they are and how they need to cut themselves some slack and accept that you know what you don't need to have all the answers no one's expecting you to have this you are you just need to show up and be who you are in this moment and it's that kind of content it's this this is the bit where I, I worry that I'm becoming maybe too intense but it's just about that very human connection that kind of talking let's let's acknowledge our dreams and our fears and yeah, I think that's so that at the moment it's very it's it's not nice and clear cut like your blog is. But I think that <laughs> I, I well, I first of all, I wouldn't say that my blog is the gold standard. This is how you no, should do no, it. No, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and different people 
businesses need different types of blogging like so as we discussed earlier the kind of work that I do is a lot more educational mentoring kind of stuff so having the more how-to things kind of really works whereas for you when you are more about helping people explore things then it doesn't make sense to be like how to explore your darkest soul you know yeah. <laughs> um, and actually that the, the job that the blog has to do is to get people thinking and introduce people into the way that you think and the way that you operate and to kind of model a conversation that you might have with somebody so like the the topic of the title of that blog post is what does brave look like to you well that could be a conversation somebody would have with you and that blog post models your thoughts on it and allow and also if you just allow that post to hold up a mirror to people so they can see themselves reflected but even by asking some questions or just telling some truths and things like that it allows them to allows that to resonate back to them which is really what it what it needs to do from a coaching point of view so actually I'd say that in a lot of ways your blog is probably more focused to your coaching audience than it is to your art buying audience I would definitely agree with that I certainly as someone who appreciates art and has original artwork on my walls not once have I ever been interested in reading through an artist's blog (laughs) (laughs) sorry artists out there but I'm not that interested necessarily apart from maybe if they're very like landscape based and I'd like to see maybe a bit more pictures about what the landscape that inspires them Mm. but apart from that I don't necessarily want to read about art history or or how to or techniques or anything I mean for example your my favorite post of yours is inside a failure Mm. because to me it was very much an honest account of your own experiences and what you learned and then how that relates and you know people can relate to that so much that's the kind of eventually as I pick up steam it's yeah it's very much more along that side of content that I want to be Mm. working into my blog yeah and I think you can I I kind of agree with you that a, a quite dry treatment of this is how I made an artwork is probably not going to be particularly exciting but to to draw out more of your process and to show works in progress and perhaps things that aren't working for you or to show where you had to really battle against the painting to get it into a certain way or to show how this was the original landscape that I was working from and this is how I how I interpreted it and this is why it's come out as this in the painting that kind of thing will be interesting both to people who are maybe thinking about buying that piece and they want to kind of explore it a little bit more but also to people who have a creative business and a creative process of their own that yeah hearing about yours will be will be interesting as well so that's really kind of the only thing that I'd bring in because you've got posts about journaling and yeah like the blog I think is is pretty much really set up for the coaching stuff yeah, I do all that kind of stuff. Don't I? All the self, all the self development, the journaling tick, the kind of self reflection tick, all that kind of. No, it's a good point about the processes. If I'm being honest, I it's something that my partner keeps saying. You should set up a GoPro, and then we can like you know get a time lapse of you painting and all that kind of stuff. And it's like it's a good you know it's it's not something that I'd be interested in watching if I'm being honest, but maybe other people. Um, well, I'm this not, is a. 
this is the thing that when it's something that you are good at and that you do and it's part of your everyday it's like the most boring thing in the world but to somebody else it's always so interesting although you kind of said you are your own target audience you've also got to think your target audience in a lot of ways is going to be you two years ago so you right now might not find that interesting, but you two years ago, it might have been quite a galvanising thing or something that would kind of give you an, an extra prompt. So it's this is when you are your own target customer, you do have to be careful to keep that objectivity because in a lot of ways, you're going to be bringing stuff that are quite quite specific to you or, or your situation and you can't quite get that distance to be able to think of that other real person for whom this piece of content might actually be really interesting or inspiring mm. yeah de- definitely I mean I personally don't engage with videos mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, something <laughs> pardon sorry I don't either <laughs> ah right oh that's interesting because mm. you do like for example well Instagram stories and, and live and it's something that I've personally thought I you know I, I really like your content Kate but I don't tend to, I don't watch your I don't watch anyone's live stuff that's fine I don't, I don't watch any I don't watch any stories like that are that are videos and it's like is that some I mean should I be working through that because I, I would never watch it but I guess other people I mean I, do you find that that's kind of where you get a lot of engagement from people I'm, um, I'm guessing you do because you still do you yeah do. it's it's a real balance. So for example, with my courses, there's no videos in my courses because I hate when courses have videos. I want to be able to read it through. And like the time it would take me to set up videos at the right quality for that, like that's, I don't care about it enough to, like it's not important enough to me to do that. But to get onto a live for 45 minutes when all I have to use is my phone, that's quite a small barrier to entry when I know that people learn and engage in lots of different ways. Um, I know, I know. I I really need to like consider that other people do. (laughs) (laughs) But it's something you can really explore into. I mean, for me, the blog and the podcast are always going to be the core of what I do. They're never going to be replaced by a vlog or whatever but things like stories is a really useful way to be popping up in people's lives occasionally especially as I said very low barrier to entry all you need is your phone you can just stick something up there and it's it expires in 24 hours it's a very accessible way to get into video but just to see how people get on with it I mean stories I mean compared to a lot of people who I know and compared to my stats of my podcast and my blog and things my stories of my lives are never up there <laughs> but I think that's because I can't communicate in those situations the way that I can in a podcast or a blog because you've got to get a little bit deeper but it's it's a very top level kind of top of the funnel sort of content that is introduced introductory topics kind of brand building a little bit of personal branding it's very good for that kind of thing so I just, it's a good place to experiment and see what people like and what people don't like. Mm, I can give um, my next road trip or something. I'm lucky to live in uh, Scotland. Yes, so, so And my, par- <laughs> my, my partner has a camper van. And to be honest, that's, Doubly that's, lucky. <laughs> that, that's where I get my um, inspiration. Like a lot of my 
inspiration is actually from the Scottish weather. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so the next time that I'm out, I, I, I really should be honest, the um, problem is that when you're in the Scottish Highlands, you don't really have reception, um, <laughs> which is one of the wonderful things about it. I can't recommend it enough, mm-hmm. but it makes maybe store, like live a little bit tricky. Yeah, I think that it'd be easier to do things like stories because you can just film it and then save it to your camera roll and yeah, then you can post it later. I think with lives, you've got to either do do really, really short ones. So something that I've done before is, it's been something I've wanted to talk about that's not quite enough for a blog, but it's too much for a story. So I've gone on and been like, I just want to talk about this for five minutes. <laughs> mm. um, and I've just talked it all out and not really taken any questions and then gone off. And that's been quite a useful way to get little ideas like that out. Or mostly I do quite long Q&As, which people like, and as we've discussed, I'm quite uh, an educational style of business. So it's a really good way for people to connect with that side of it. Um, but for you, it might be... I could say, I'm going to say, I, I don't think I'm going to be doing yeah. that. <laughs> for you, it might be like little short, sharp five minutes on this is something that I've been thinking about. This is my morning pages practice. A time lapse of your morning pages might be quite interesting for people just to really see what it's what it's like because I, for me for morning pages I'm kind of like trying to imagine myself doing it and getting stuck and not really knowing so to be able to see a time lapse or something of somebody else how they're doing it would be quite an interesting model actually so I guess it's finding a way that tells the story that you want to tell and, and gives the message out to people in just a different format yeah, I mean, being completely honest, I can't think of anything more boring than watching someone <laughs> write their morning pages. Well, I think but it's I a have time to put, lapse. So very much put myself aside for yeah. that because I <laughs> understand. And I think, yeah, to watch 30 minutes of it might be a bit much, but if you can reduce it down to like 30 seconds. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's the ed- it's in the editing. Yeah. I know that, um, that kind of thing. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's probably something to think about. But otherwise, I, I think really in terms of your website, the only thing that's missing is a page about coaching. Yes, I, I will be putting that up very soon yeah. and asking people if they want to be coached by me. So, But yeah, I think the blog is all pretty much there. You've got your paintings in your shop, which will stay. You've got your about page, which you can... Which could do a little bit more, I could do a bit more work. Yeah, well, uh, just as you start, as you're doing your coaching training, you're learning more about what what you're going to be talking about, you can inject more things into there. It's still, and it's a very still kind of personal branded website. You've got a lot of yourself in there. Your homepage, for example, is got contemporary paintings of the Scottish landscape. If you just add and coaching <laughs> underneath almost and then maybe have a, a an image of yourself higher up the page but other than that it's really I don't think there's as much work there as you think there needs to be no I think it's I as I, say, I I'm quite happy to put all the content on the website I think it's it's more about the customer journey that is and I suppose because I don't have maybe this concept of my as as concrete an idea of what my audience is Mm. is. but then you know what 
that's because I'm at the very beginning of yes. my journey. I yeah. can't possibly have a concrete idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's that that I'm I'm probably I'm, I know I'm overthinking it a bit too much. But I also don't want people to be like, oh, I've it's it's maybe about the mailing list and about going, oh, I've funneled these people down the wrong path, and now mm-hmm. they can't get out of this segment that 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 they're in. Maybe they're going to be wanting to switch over to maybe they will become interested in coaching because you know what people's interests change then mm. they think oh actually now I'm you know maybe I'm a creative business owner now and I'm actually interested in that but they've they've already signed up for just art yeah I I think that what you've got at the moment is probably what I would have advised is that you have one kind of big list of this is where you're going to hear about my thoughts and then another list was if you just want to buy a painting this is where I'm going to send the okay. buying details if you know what I mean so it's not like you have a list which is you know you talk about your art process and things like that that I think your art list can be quite functional because you want to be a personal brand you want people to buy into you and therefore buy the artwork having a list which is more personal in which you can say here are some coaching opportunities this month and also here are some new art pieces that I've been working on and that it would make total sense for them both to be in that same list because it's your list. I think that works from all the different points of view of A, you managing it and not having to write like four different newsletters a month. Yeah. But also for people who, when they sign up, it's like you're signing up to the list, but if you just want to hear art dates, click here. And then you've got it quite clear in your head that this list is very functional, uh, almost transactional of here are updates of art pieces that you can buy and then the other one is where your kind of real hub of people who are buying into the personal brand are well that's very reassuring (laughs) thank you (laughs) because that makes it easy when you are thinking of this sounds worse than I mean it to be but when you're thinking of yourself as the product that it then having lots of different customer journeys they kind of melt away because people are coming to the website because they're interested in you and all the things you do and and your thoughts and your ideas then and then they can kind of explore the different strands that you have to offer so they might go and look at your artwork and then come back and they might actually then go and look at the coaching or then vice versa or they'll go and read the blog and think oh I hadn't even thought about coaching but god this is really interesting but having you as that as the magnet to get people in and then let trust them to self-select where they need to go because they're different enough that you know if you need if you want artwork you want artwork yeah (laughs) it's not like coaching and courses where you kind of need to lead people a little bit to where they need to go you can trust people to self-select between those two I think okay perfect so I think really for your next steps as you've kind of identified is to have a little bit more of an in-depth thought about who these target customers are in order to be a little bit more intentional with your web copy and the pages and things like that and where things sit on the page but otherwise I think your mailing list is set up the way that it kind of needs to be and your Instagram is obviously ticking along quite happily and you're happy with the way that's going so I think it's that preliminary work of figuring out who you're doing this for and then how best to communicate to them yeah well certainly yeah I think at the moment I'm writing copy for a page where I'm going to be saying hey I'm going to be doing this coaching services and 
that really forces you to think about who yeah. you're writing it for. <laughs> yeah, this is I always do this with clients and stuff as well, is that when you're trying to work it out, write your sales page first because that forces you to narrow it down because you have to explain if you have to explain it to yourself (laughs) first before you can explain it to others so yeah that's a a good exercise for (laughs) for um starting to actually figure out what what on earth you do (laughs) Mm, yeah definitely so yeah unless you had any other questions or things you wanted to cover but I think we've maybe gone over it all I need to ask you my last question, (laughs) which is, how do you grow a soul in your work and life? Well, I think you might be able to already guess, seeing (laughs) as I kind of harped on about it quite a lot. But to me, it's so much about self-acceptance. It's about essentially being really honest with yourself and acknowledging who you are in your entirety. Because... I know it sounds very cliche, but once you start doing that, once you really accept who you are, you can start to believe that you deserve things. You, it, It's so much easier to stand up for what you believe in, stand up for actually what you want and be able to articulate it because you believe that you deserve it. Yeah, such a good reminder. So yeah, where can people come and find you online and connect with you and if they're interested in doing any coaching with you? Well, I really hope that you put this in the show notes because my <laughs> my Instagram handle is Ms. Catherine Ho, and I know that's not an easy thing to spell. <laughs> Catherine having lots of different ways, and Ho for some reason being very difficult. So, and you can find me at catherineho.com on my website. And yeah, I, hopefully by the time this podcast goes out I will have some coaching packages that I'm actually offering for free because it's part of my course and I have to do that Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm hopefully going to be inundated with people who actually want (laughs) some coaching from me so yeah perfect thank you so much Catherine no thank you very much Kate it's been brilliant thank you all the links we mentioned will be on my website which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Catherine on Instagram I'm at simpleandseason and she's at Ms. Catherine Ho which is spelled M-S-K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-H-O As always, if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation please send them the link to the episode and do share where you're listening and tag me because I love to see you Until next time, I hope you grow a song.